we sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you Good evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your early Sunday evening with some booze and conversation. Tonight, we are speaking with an artist. We are speaking with not just any artist, but someone even more special. Tonight, we have a master of the art of paper folding. Master? Master? Mistress? Mm, I'll take master. (laughs) Master of the art of paper folding. Origami artist Jade Wynn is with us. Jade, I've been looking forward to this. Welcome to Drink in the Style. Thank you for having me. That's going to be a great show, especially given our alcohol. (laughs) 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 It's going to be fantastic. Jade is a Minneapolis-based origami expert, uh, or artist, I'm sorry, and expert, of course. We're going to be talking about origami in general. We're going to talk about some of its history. We're going to talk about how it can be used, something of a renaissance, too, in origami. Mm -hmm. It's becoming popular in a lot of different ways. It's kind of a meditation, it seems. A meditation, and uh, I believe NASA is using an origami artist to help extend and operate and design their satellites. I was just reading that seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can because the the origami because you can you can send these solar panels up and have them folded in insanely complicated ways, and then they can expand and contract based on their position relative to the sun. That's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. It's, it's really incredible to think <laughs> yeah. what we can do. Yeah, furniture in NASA origami. That's my that's my bag. Furniture in NASA origami. <laughs> have that put on a card. Folding chairs. I should try doing some origami folding chairs. There we go. Oh, I like that idea, actually. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Oh, we just got chimed in by our master of spirits. Do not use an acronym for that under any circumstances. Mr. Dan Newkirk is pitching this week for Mercy. Are we pitching for Mercy? Yeah. All right. How are you, Dan? I'm good. How's life treating you well? Life is good. Yeah, right? I mean, here Beautiful weather. It's not snowing out yet. Fall is, is coming, but winter is still a distant distant fear. Yeah. Summer, however, has disappeared. Summer's gone. Summer's dead. Well, we do get we do get what we used to call Indian summer. I don't even know if you can call it Native American summer anymore. You're going to offend somebody, so you can go to the hotel you want. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be one of those shows. Somebody's going to get offended. This is going to go He's on the. Mind. This is going to go on the famous drink in the drink in the style after dark. The series. bleep sessions after yeah. dark. Uh, <laughs> the, the bleep the bleep sessions. All right, so this is going to be a really quick drink segment. Brett, I still want you to hit the music. All right. That's our mixing music, but Dan, tell us what we're drinking and why. So as per request uh, by our guest Jade today, she typically just drinks Mezcal, uh, neat. Um, We did have a rock scenario, but we miscommunicated that, so we're drinking it neat. Um, uh, Cruz de Fuego is the uh, line. I just brought in their whole line of Satals and Mezcals and Tequilas um, last week. This is uh, Espadine which going down in the, in the agave family plant, it's kind of like a, a very good introductory starter um, as Cal for people. Uh, like the price point is under 40 bucks, but if you want to spend 120, 200 bucks on a bottle, you certainly can. But it's good, good, good starting base. It's uh, so as a mezcal, and a mezcal for those out there who aren't familiar with it is a smoky tequila, essentially. Is essentially, that the best way of putting it. Still made from a pina, but it's coming from a different region, a little bit further south in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they roast the crap out of these things. Like they they, they roast it for twenty four hours um, sometimes. Now most mezcals, by the way, tend to be kind of amber in color. Do they not? No, 
Really? Not at all. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of a Reposado, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, this is unaged. Okay. So it is a clear tequila-like uh, uh, liquor that has a smoky finish and a huge amount of nose. Yeah, you know, some, some of my favorite mezcals are the ones that make you feel like you're licking a cactus. <laughs> some about licking a cactus is, does it for That's me. appealing to you? It does it for me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I know. Where do we want to go with that, Jade? You know what? I might just try it one of these days. I'm going out to the desert anyways, right? Nice. Nice. <laughs> Origami artist found pinned to a cactus. You know, Film at 11. Sometimes women would reference that it feels like it's licking a cactus, too. Oh, zing. All right. Cheers to that. Salud. All right. There it is. So we are simply pouring the uh, mezcal, and we're just going to polish off this bottle, aren't we? Mm. It's been done before. Yeah, I know. Are we slamming or are we just... Uh, are we just uh, you can do whatever you like, right? I know. I am the boss of me. You are the boss. The nice thing about being me. Yeah. Also a major pain in the ass. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Arse. Arse. Can, we, can I say arse on the radio? You can say ass or arse. Really? I can yes. say ass on the radio? You can. All right. Well, we already know that this is not going to make it into the best of show because <laughs> you, you still might get some viewership from your Welsh friends if you start using arse. Okay. Oh my God, the Welsh! Do you have to bring the Welsh up? You said arse. Oh my God, it's terrible. A friend of mine just got back from Ireland and was saying that uh, that he thought about going to Wales and then he thought about <laughs> me and he said, "You know what? I will be damned if I spend dollar one in the godforsaken country of those sheep herding madmen, the Welsh." I've chosen to hate the Welsh. No particular reason. No one no one hates the Welsh, so I figured someone should dislike the Welsh. Okay. So I've taken that upon myself. Interesting. I know, right? It sounds like you're part of, like, Sons of Anarchy. Why? Do they hate the uh, Welsh? Oh, you're just, like, angry Irishman. That just... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm an angry Italian. Considerably more dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, but we are drinking mezcal. I'm going to have a quick sip. Cover me. I'm going in. Absolutely delicious. And that was a really quick. So sometimes, so here's the point, sometimes to drink in the style is just to enjoy some liquor. Just have some booze. Well, so, some things are meant to be appreciated the way they are. Mm-hmm. I asked, I, I hit her up this morning and I was like, you want to do a cocktail or do you want to do straight up? And I'm glad you said straight up because, I mean, there's so much work and so much uh, quality of dirt and region that goes into this. It's not like it's not like whiskey where, you know, you just put a bunch of mash together and you're you're manufacturing. Uh, this, this, it's from the earth. And you can taste it. It's from the earth. I mean, seriously, the earth. The earth. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. You can taste it, though. You really can. Yeah. You, can, you know, when we had Tommy on the show yeah. uh, a while back, and we were talking about uh, Tommy uh, um, Byers. Yep. Um, his studying uh, uh, wine. wine and becoming a sommelier and the ability to be able to pick out grapes in the region is basically because you, you can tell what region they're from because you can taste the minerals, you can taste the earth in it, yeah. which is amazing to me. When you when you come to the shop, I'll uh, I'll show you what it's like to lick a cactus. Have I been propositioned? Yep. Um, Jade? <laughs> Literally propositioned. <laughs> but no, to um, go on about how, with the regions of the grapes, it's the same with mezcal because there's lowland mezcals that are smokier, and then there's highland mezcals that are less smoky and more botanical. Really? A little oh, bit more right, earthy. You are an expert on the, the size. The size of the pina does matter. <laughs> Key to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. It's, but what Same. you do with it is still critical, I'm sure. Hey, that is a very real statement. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into mezcal? Why mezcal? Um, you know, so I have a alcohol allergy, and 
you know, from the time I was 21 and I was able to go to proper cocktail bars and actually try, you know, Dark and Stormy or Pina Colada. And I would just feel awful and I would turn really red because of the enzymes I don't have to break down um, alcohol, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what it was at Parlor back in the day. And there was a, yeah, there was a server there that uh, I love. And she, now she's a bartender, essentially. But she um, had recommended Mezcal, and ever since then I've been hooked. So trials, and you stuck with it. You Scientific did not abandon trials. it, and you found what worked. Yes. You found a way to drink. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Jade Wynn, Origami. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Fill me with flaming desire Setting my being completely on fire There's no good place to break in on that track. You just want it to go on and on. That's very intense. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Patricia Barber. It's uh, the depth of her voice makes me think of... She's sexy. Yeah. Florence and the Machine. No, I don't know them. Uh, English, I believe, and she just has a very angelic tone to her. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, no, they're, they're beautiful, a beautiful voice and the right rhythm is just magic. Truly magic. Unlike me. Hi, Dan! <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. This is Gregory Rich. You're listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota on AM 950. We're enjoying straight liquor. We are drinking pure mezcal today. Mm-hmm. 
which is which is again, folks. It's quite delightful. Look, here's the thing: if you want to be a true member of the drinking class, and the drinking class, I love by the way, Oscar Wilde quote, you know, paraphrasing Karl Marx that said uh, 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 alcohol is the curse of the working class, came around and turned it upside down and said work is the curse of the drinking class. Mm. I'm most certainly part of the drinking class. And if you want to consider yourself a member of the drinking class, you need to have a liquor that you can just drink neat and be totally happy about. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Go to. And for me, it's agave. Like mm. This falls into the agave family. Tequila, Sotol, Mezcal. Uh, it's just, it's good for you. It, it is. It's good for your soul. Yeah. It's good possibly for your heart, but yeah. definitely for your soul. And the hangovers are not nearly like bourbon or gin. It's, I don't know, I'm still torn on that. We've talked about it many times, whether, you know, the alcohol has a particular type of hangover. I'm, you know, I will not. I'm, I'm colorblind and, and alcohol blind when it comes to booze. I don't know that you get a worse hangover from one thing or another. Uh, Mezcal hangovers are fucking awful. Sorry, bleep that one, but they're awful. You know, I don't are think they? I've ever had a Mezcal hangover. I've just always woken up still drunk. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Actually, yeah. yeah, inebriated. Just like, oh my gosh, I'm still like happy. Oh, where's some food? I'll have some food. Well, that is the thing with be game over. Mezcal, like tequila, is an upper, right? Yep. So stimulant. a stimulant rather than a depressant. So I guess if you're going to pick one, we here on Drinking Style are, 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 are encouraging people to develop the ability to drink straight tequila, straight mezcal. Make that your go-to because apparently it has lesser hangover. It is an upper. And you know what? It's just badass. If yeah. you can sit there and you can actually drink tequila, especially as a woman, if I may say so. Well, thank you. You are, are like head and shoulders above any other person in that bar. Yeah, it's very interesting because the very few dates that I have been on recently, it's very much so mezcal on the rocks, and then I have a soda water on the side, no ice. And what what do, what do your dates typically drink? Um, gin and tonic, beer, sometimes like a whiskey soda, if but yeah. it's generally just very clear. It's mm-hmm. you know a first date. You, you don't seem like you date white claw guys, so that's good. Uh. No. <laughs> no, because I think having a particular taste in cocktails or just having, like, appreciation for lager, in a sense, is very important. No really? lager shaming. Being, Don't lager shame being, me. Being in the food and beverage industry, it's important to me to use your palate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Also, uh, what we didn't talk about, on top of her uh, origami um, art um, Which, she, by the way, we should talk about she, at some point. She's, <laughs> she, she's actually also a well-known badass pastry chef as well, but she, actually, she downplays that a little bit. Yes, you started in pastry. I saw that on your site. Yes. And I think I was going to ask you about similarities between pastry and origami, both very fragile things. I, I don't know. Precision-based. Like, you have to follow the recipe, you have to follow the time. Same thing with your folds. Yes, uh, it's very much so... Science-based for pastry and baking, um, everything's measured. You're killing my whole plan. I was going to ask you about math <laughs> later, the whole thing. You know, I'm in a wine. I'm taking control. I am grabbing this bull by the horns, and I am putting us back on track. Our listeners don't know much of anything about Jade quite yet, so we have to do a full introduction type of a thing. So, Jade, starting from scratch. All right, you are ethnically Asian? Yes, I'm Vietnamese and French. You do origami? 
Yes. Shall I jump to the racist conclusion that your skills have been in your family for generations? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no? I guess, well, my sister's an architect, so she had to build models throughout undergrad and grad school, so she did some kind of origami, essentially, correct? That is absolutely true. I would say that's deconstructed origami. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, I absolutely. practiced traditional origami from when I was in fourth grade. I read a book in school for this class called Sid. Uh, I believe it's Sadaku and like the 1,000 Cranes. It's about the Hiroshima bombing that we did. And I folded a piece of paper into a crane, and I couldn't believe I made it. And I turned it into a hobby, so I went to the public library um, and checked out all the origami books, folded all the models, went to a different library, also checked out all the books, and continued that pattern until I just, you know, started becoming a teenager. I started growing up. Then I had to think about college. Mm-hmm. Went to college at the U of M for interior design. Wait, you went to you were you went for interior design? Correct. I didn't know that either. Holy crap! And then I dropped out after a semester because I realized this wasn't the way I wanted to live. Okay, I, but I see similarities in everything you're saying. Yeah, you are all about trying to create a certain amount of order. You're all about trying to 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 manipulate your environment and pieces around you into some kind of order and form. Yes, I. I'm trying to find the right vessel to really express my passion and what I really feel inside. And fortunately, I've been able to do that with origami. Do you fear chaos? No, I I actually invite it. You welcome the really? shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because it gives you something to fold and organize? No. Or do you enjoy it in and of itself? Because when I used to cook when I was a pastry chef, Mm -hmm. you would have to work dinner service, essentially, because I did not work at a bakery. I didn't work at something morning shifts. I worked during the evening when everyone got off work and wanted to enjoy a beautiful (laughs) (laughs) It went down the wrong tube. I apologize. Do you want want a Pellegrino? No. No. God, no. That water will kill you. um, (laughs) In wine, there is truth. In beer, there is mirth. In water, there is bacteria. (laughs) But um, essentially, you would have to work evenings, and those are the hardest times to work, dinner service, weekends. And if you cannot manage that stress level, you just couldn't really become the kind of chef that you needed to be mm-hmm. to be in, like, a chef-driven restaurant, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The A-team, I would describe it. And mm-hmm. after being able to cook for, I don't know, seven, eight years, I was able to kind of manage that stress level Mm -hmm. and now everything's just cake so are you saying so you manage the stress level through origami is that where you're you're coming in or you're saying you you managed to manage the stress level of being in that industry and from that grew an appreciation for these types if you you can handle working back a house in a restaurant like you have a tolerance for many many things oh Mm -hmm. seriously Mm -hmm. seriously so yes being able to manage that in back of the house I feel like I could really approach anything, but honestly, I moved to Alaska two summers ago and worked at a fishing lodge for six months running the pastry department. Are you serious? In the bush, and that was probably the hardest six months of my life, and I was not sure that I could finish it, but it was amazing, and I was able to finish the whole season and come home. Congratulations. That is a hell of a story, actually. That's amazing. I feel like I can do anything now. Good for you. All right. We're going to take another quick break. Stay with us. When we come back, we will talk more about origami. Other interesting things, too. The prisoner door. 
This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Very much, and I don't refuse her. I always treat her with respect, I would never abuse her. I like the song. What she's got is hard to find. Oh, I don't yeah. lose her. There we go. I bet you do. Here we go. You ready? You're ready? Here we go. Mountain from a little pile of clay. Well, she's all you'd ever want She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner Well, she always knows her place She's got style, she's got grace She's a winner Patricia Barber covering One of the only good things to come out of Wales Which is Tom Jones She's a lady (laughs) You nailed the music. You nailed the music for this week. Yeah, did you I? did. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I had just a little bit of information, and I just crafted what I could. I, I gave him a warning uh, of about you. What was Actually, the warning? Mm, mezcal nope. only? No. <laughs> <laughs> if he had added, if he had told me about the mezcal, I would have been completely doomed. I, I was trying to explain the, your voodoo. What voodoo? You, you have a voodoo over men. No, I don't. You absolutely do. <laughs> 100%. Just saying. No way. No just way. saying. No way. Yeah. yeah, no, you got a voodoo. Well, An aura, you. a voodoo aura, which is fabulous. Yeah, you carry it so gracefully. It's fabulous. That's part of That's it. That's why it's the, fucking the dangerous. Aura. You're right. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Bleep. Seriously. Don't touch. Burned. Burned. You asked me where I got the burn from. <laughs> I know Actually, where the burn. I was getting ready for the show today, and I burned my neck with a curling iron. Ouchie. 
Oh. And then I said, if I had a dollar for every time I did that, she replies with, I'd gladly give you $100 for 100 burn marks. Like, no. Ow. No. Because I want to see all of them all over his neck. You'd, have, you'd look like a cheetah neck at that point. So foot and mouth. Yeah. That was perfect. Was that from your girlfriend in Canada? They're all hickeys. Eh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Drink in the Style After Dark. Uh, we are talking with origami artist Jade Wynn, and uh, we're being served Pure Straight Mezcal by Dan Newkirk, our master of spirits. It's been an interesting, it's been a long, strange trip. And we are only in segment three. We have two segments to get through here. I think we're doing great. I'm very happy. Jade, are you happy with how this is going? I'm great. I'm so happy. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Let's try to make some meaningful conversation instead of the dance of danger. Um, All right. No, actually, we're going to create some controversy. I did a little bit of research on origami. I don't know a huge amount about it. Mm-hmm. But I have discovered that there are, in the origami world, controversies. Yes. I want to talk about these controversies. I want to inflate. I want origami protesters in front of habitation because the science, I bet, would be phenomenal, first and foremost. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, first of all, I would love to see authentic Japanese people fly over to Minnesota to <laughs> stand outside your office and say, this is incorrect, Mr. Greg. No. No. Totally understand it. All right. So we're going to go into it. All right. Here we go. Scissors. Scissors in origami. Are they allowed or are they not allowed? Traditional origami, essentially, no. Okay. But the origami that I am working on, that I create, that I envelop, I am trying to bring that old art form into modern-day fine art. Mm-hmm. So I will use mixed media with my origami. You'll, you will see a lot of painting with my canvases, and then I mount origami paper onto it. So my specialty is large installations. Right now I am finishing a art piece for a client, Michelle Johnson, mm-hmm. that's two feet by eight feet long. It's mm-hmm. humongous. But wow. Yeah. So two I, feet by, so I mean, is that like a single, or that's a bunch of pieces of paper? I correct. mean, that's not just a single. I mean, my God, that Thousands. would be a billboard. Thousands. <clears throat> Thousands. Yes. Yeah. The, cool, the coolest part about her art is, is, you know, it's three-dimensional. Uh, mm-hmm. The origami on the canvas, it, it just, it's, it's awesome. Well, I love the depth of it. And if I had any business sense, we'd be talking about how to use origami art, and perhaps we should, as interior design. So you, in Minneapolis, so you create, you have a commission now. Correct. So tell me how this commission went. Did Michelle, was that her name? Yes. Did Michelle come and give you a vision, or did she just say, I love origami, I love what you do? So essentially, um, with most of my commissions, I have a minimum required, and then I'm reached out by whomever is interested, because at that point... I need to inform them that, you know, my minimum is X, Y, and Z, and I will meet with them in their home or wherever they would like the piece to be hung. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to kind of observe the space, see the energy, see the flow, because if I am going to create original piece, I will not recreate it, first of all. I do not recreate any duplicates of any of my pieces, mm-hmm. and I need to understand the space that I am designing this art form for correct so you go to her home mm-hmm. you take a look at the space you enjoy you, you absorb the energy you mm-hmm. look at everything that's around there what did you come up with what are you uh, doing well fortunately Michelle is a wonderful beautiful human being I would have to say that she's one of my favorite clients ever and I'm so happily and thankful to that she's my last client in Minnesota at the moment. I know, because it's going to be, it's almost, oh, maybe now's the time to invest in your origami during your Minnesota years. It's probably going to have greater value. Well, essentially, I 
I'm still coming back to fulfill some more contracts here. I will be doing a summer curriculum at Blake High School. Really? Yes, in April. Could you do a bunch of different kind of uh, um, community leadership activities where you're teaching origami, correct? Correct. Um, I have establishments uh, hiring me on for contract. I am also now a part of uh, NEMA, which is the Northeast Minneapolis Art Association. Hmm. And I will be working remotely as their communications and social media manager out in L.A. when I move. So I will still have a nice little threshold here with the art community. But um, essentially, I meet with a client. I want to enjoy their energy. I want to get a feel of who they are. And my job is to be able to emulate and interpret them as a person into my art piece. That's fabulous. So, I mean, I mean, that's... That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the blending of your interior design, your artistic creativity, and your natural empathy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Because at that point, you, no one can recreate something like that. You cannot make mm-hmm. prints of that. No. And that is my goal. No. I mean, that's, that's a great point. One of the things, I mean, are there, I, I think I had this written down somewhere else, are there machines that make origami right now? Is there mass-produced origami that's mechanically created? I'm unsure. Okay. But even if I was able to have an offer to, hey, can you mass produce, or we have something that can help you mass produce your flower bouquets, mm-hmm. would you be interested in building your brand? And essentially, I would discourage against that because that defeats the whole purpose of why I gave up so much that I have to pursue this art mm-hmm. career, essentially. It, it does actually arguably uh, exist in the world. Um, I remember a friend of mine, like right out of high school, or right out of college, he uh, he was a graphic designer, <clears throat> but he would literally like so, uh, you know the disposable cameras that you just take pictures and throw them away. Mm-hmm. He designed the the casing for those, <laughs> and I mean as random as it is, it's kind of origami ish, isn't it? As far as like way, the way the folds make it into one thing. What's insanely awesome about origami at this point is, and and why so many different industries we talked about NASA and you know being involved in it, is that you know it is it is all about kind of maximizing space and maximizing the function of any given item. Right? Like like have you ever you know assembled a pizza box? Mm-hmm. Like I mean those are all kinds of forms of origami, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. What's your position? Have you been back east? Are you familiar with the uh, with the tinfoil uh, swan movement in in New York restaurants? I have not been familiar with that movement, but okay. I have been um, to New York and Boston and checked out their art. Scenes. So it's one of the dying things that I love about New York City, and it's becoming less and less frequent. But it always used to be that when you got your t- your 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 uh, uh, leftovers, they would send through for whatever reason. They would always bring it out, and they would wrap everything up in the shape of a, an origami swan in tinfoil. Not even just Chinese restaurants or things like that. Just any restaurant would come out, and your to-go thing would be this, like, elaborate tinfoil swan, which was always, like, the coolest thing. I, I would just piss people off because I cannot do that. Yeah. So you almost do not want to even eat your to-go food because you don't want to disassemble the swan, right? It's a good point. No, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, by the time you got home, the swan was like a, a deformed, you know, duck that had been shot out of the sky because tinfoil does not hold its shape very well. Martha, and you're get on the, the swan subway. out of your purse. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... It was so it's really cool. And then when my kids were little, I always used to try to craft like origami swans or uh, tinfoil swans on leftovers when they were brought through or whatever, which they thought was the neatest thing. I also got really good at making little swans out of the uh, 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 Adam, uh, Adam uh, what's the what's the cheese that comes in the wax wheel? There's a bunch of it. 
All right. What was that? Yeah, he's from Wisconsin. He would know. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm. The baby bells now, though, are the defined, are the are the really popular brand. Oh, the little single serving guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're low calorie. Yeah, that's for Becky. Becky. Mm. Karen's daughter. Excellent. Excellent. I have no idea. Sister, sister to Kyle. Nope. Still not getting anywhere. All right. So uh, back to origami <laughs> overall. More controversy on origami. Glue. Glue. Now, you, if you're creating a huge piece, you need to adhere things to a substance, correct? Yes. So you're okay with glue, but what about using glue within the actual origami itself, within the fold? Um, there is different types of origami. There's traditional origami. There's also kirigami. Kirigami is essentially what NASA is using for their satellites that is able to expand and retract Oh, okay. Kind of like so, one of those pop-up books. So that has movement without in, without cutting or adding any other pieces with glue, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just kind of going with what I feel. So I fold what I would like to fold, and I do a lot of modular origami, which is 3D-based. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I create a lot of florals, which is what my clients love. And I have to... Either use that. Uh, I usually I usually have to create the flower out of one piece of paper, which is more intricate. Otherwise, if I want to create other kinds and styles, I will have to use several pieces, and that will include glue. And I don't know. Part of me is just like, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. How can we bring this to present day? How can we make people excited about this? Mm-hmm. How can we really evolve this? And so I. I'm sure that there's plenty of people that discourage against my origami, but I F them. Yeah, I just haters. You know, I it's about evolution essentially. How do you evolve this? How do you still continue this tradition? Yeah, no, nobody's inventing the wheel anymore. It's just innovation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and you are 100%. and you're creating larger pieces that are for a specific purpose as opposed to, you know, simply a single item in and of itself, which again has been done. You've got to kind of grow the. Uh, art is what you're saying, right? Correct. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So you're okay with scissors on new pieces? You're basically, you're throwing the rule book out. Yeah. Wow. I am because I invite chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that sound sex. That's yeah. voodoo. It is voodoo. Voodoo. What about colored paper? What about, do you do a lot with colored paper? Uh, yes. I use anything that I can crease. Doesn't matter. No. If there's paper, you're going to fold it and make it pretty. Paper. Aluminum. Do you, do you have a website, Jane? Do I have a website? Yeah. Yes, I do. Say it, say it on layer. www.origamibyjade.com. Beautiful. It's worth checking out. I mean, it's some really cool stuff on there. What is the first piece that you folded that you stepped back and said, holy crap, I'm really good at this? I, I would have to say that this piece was not – Inspired by myself, but inspired by this TV show that's a little dark. Really? Dexter. <gasps> nice. Ooh, all right, wait. We're going to pick up with that after the break because yes. right now we're going to learn how origami and murder come together. <laughs> Drink in the style, stick with us. A ghost in this room. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design. I have a philosophy. Furniture should be beautiful, but if it's not comfortable, it's not much use to anyone. 
That's why at Habitation, we work hard to make sure that the furniture we sell is stylish and functional. Unique and useful. What more can you ask for? Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be alive. Sounds like a modern day sad day. Yeah, 100%. You're right. Mm -hmm. Great observation. Light my fire, covering the doors. I mean, just a sultry, soulful, melodic, awesome. Sultry nails it. Yeah, sultry does nail it. I should have left it as sultry. Uh, Next time. I gotta keep pushing it. You're listening to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950, available. Uh, also is a podcast pretty much on every platform you can choose, available as a stream on am950radio.com and drinkinthestyle.com. Glad you're with us. We have been having an interesting mescal-fueled uh, conversation with Jade Wynn, origami artist based here in Minneapolis, at least for a little bit longer before she moves out to uh, Los Angeles. Yes. I know. I'm so disappointed to hear that. Well, luckily, I will still be flying back frequently. I will do. I'll be hanging a mini mini series at the Lowe's Hotel in February. So, really, I will be back beforehand to kind of. I mean, you already kind of go back. You go back and forth pretty often as it is because your parents live there. Yes. I imagine not, not much is really going to change besides where you live. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I imagine you'll be back and forth quite a bit. I will. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of ties here. Yeah. yeah. So Thank you will you. remain available for commissions and uh, and other pieces of art to be created and on display in Minneapolis. Yes. But mm, the bills will all be going to Los Angeles or wherever <laughs> you happen to have. With mommy and daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and as a matter of fact, have, have you guys discussed any uh, any of your stuff going into your stuff? Not yet, but it's a matter of time. What's uh, your stuff? Okay. Well, you could. I would love to be able to put your stuff in our showroom. Let's have a couple of pieces that. Listeners and and shoppers. you got you got to check out the showroom. It's it's pretty awesome. Where's your showroom? St. Louis Park, right down the road from uh, Mill Valley Kitchen. Okay, 
Yeah. On Excelsior. Great location. And we actually have an art gallery, uh, a micro gallery, I call it, in the uh, in the showroom where we feature a specific artist uh, for a period of time who has partnered with the Art Girls, who are a couple of Minneapolis-based mm-hmm. uh, uh, art agents. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would love to get a couple of pieces that you've created. Yeah. I'm actually hanging a couple for a period of home starting this weekend. Okay. But um, after that, I would love to. I would also love to talk about if you would be willing to do an art pop up in your gallery space. Oh, I like that idea. With alcohol, mezcal. I'm in. Man, that's I'm the, in. That's the only way I'll do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> there it is. I'm hitching my, hitching my wagon to that that wheel. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. That's an absolute must-do. I mean, you're, you're, I, I've seen your work not in person, mm-hmm. but I've seen your work online. We spent some time talking. I love the concepts. Let's do it. Well, I just started a nonprofit in January of this year, and our first pop-up was held at Keg and Case during okay. Mother's Day weekend, and uh, we did pretty well. It was a little slow because everyone was there to eat versus mm-hmm. look at Smoked art. meats, yeah. Yes, and in bloom. Yeah. Did wonderful. Hot fire. Love you, Thomas Wimmer. But yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bad man. <laughs> but yes, I would love to chat. All right, there will be more information provided later on, and we will definitely make that happen. Wonderful. I think that would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So the nonprofit. Tell us more about the nonprofit. So it is called the Prism Art Collective, and okay. my goal is to help expand the Minneapolis fine arts community or just Minnesotan artists in general. Mm-hmm. So what I did was try to bring Minneapolis artists across the river to St. Paul at Keg and Case, mm-hmm. kind of unify you know artists, help them network, and. What I did was I was able to have a fully funded show with local businesses and generous contributors that were able to pay for the booth fees for every artist for the whole weekend. Really? Yes. Really? It's yes. awesome. You so, know, there's some interesting things going on. And Dan, you kind of know a little bit behind the uh, scenes on this, but Habitation is about to go through a major expansion. We are we are looking at uh, at creating something totally new and totally huge, and it's going to have a substantial art component associated with it. Mm -hmm. That's a teaser for our listeners, but from your perspective and having a presence in Los Angeles and Minneapolis, I think you and I are actually going to be talking quite a bit about this. Well, I sure hope so. I also volunteer with NEMA, which is the Northeast Minneapolis Art Association, and Mm -hmm. we are doing a large um, event within a few weeks here on September 21st at Northrop King Building. Okay. We are having the NEMA 10 by 10, which is all artists that are NEMA members. We create a 10 inch by 10 inch, uh, 10 inch art piece, and it is available to the public. Every piece is sold for $35, and all funds go goes towards our association. So let's say there is a beautiful mural that you're in love with, but the artist only does murals. And mm-hmm. let's say we happen, we're able to have the artist create a 10 by 10 art piece. You can still have an art piece created. For thirty five dollars, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty yes. cool. Which is absolutely affordable. No, it's beyond affordable. Yes. I, that's 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 my bar tab at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be great friends, Craig. <laughs> Not even but, kidding. Yeah. So and I am. That's coming up when? Um, on September twenty first, here at Northrop King, from five p.m. to nine p.m. Okay, yes. and that's going to be on your site, I'm sure. It will be. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on my Instagram and my Facebook. So, yes, it's beautiful. Um, NEMA is the association that runs, til- uh, not Tilt World, sorry, Art World. 
Okay. I was just at the state mm-hmm. fair twice this year. So <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, so world. many rides. It just depends on how much you've drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I am just so happy to have all this growth this year with um, kind of being able to have my exposure and my foot in place with the Minneapolis arts community. Mm-hmm. The restaurant scene is growing. The mm-hmm. food beverage scene is growing. So there is no reason why our art scene cannot be on the radar as well. I agree completely. And it just takes someone or a few people or, or massive amounts of people to make that step. So mm-hmm. I'm just doing what I feel. And fortunately, I've been able to check the boxes off of my goals. I mean, of course, there's always more more room to grow, but that will come in time. I think it's fabulous. Who's your favorite local artist? Favorite? I don't really have a favorite because I have inspiration from a lot of artists. Okay. But I guess my favorite artist in general is Yayoi Kusama, which um, she is the Japanese artist that has the infinity room at the Broad in LA, which is you walk into this room, they time you for 45 seconds, and it's all mirrored with lights hanging, so it looks like you're actually stepping into infinity, hence the infinity room. That's pretty cool, Yeah, actually. Yeah. um, She's Japanese-based which is where origami is from, essentially. Mm-hmm. And she actually battles with mental illness. So I read an article about her, is that if she does not create when she's working, mm-hmm. she has suicidal tendencies. So my um, interpretation from her is her art has saved her. And honestly, I feel like my origami has saved me in so many ways that I can relate to her on a different level than maybe most people and then bringing it back full circle, yeah. uh, how do you tie in Dexter to your first art piece? Seriously, origami and death are just intrinsically connected I was waiting, in you. I waiting to drop that one. Yeah. Do tell. Okay, bingo. Good job, Dan. Uh, well, Dexter was um, the first art piece that I created where I felt like I feel like I can make proper fine art. I can make a living out of this. Um, What I really tried to do was interpret or translate Dexter himself into into an art form and make it a little bit more feminine, which is me. How can I translate him and reflect myself in the same art piece? How did you do it? What did you come up with? It was actually very minimal. I used three primary colors on the color wheel, which is, well, yellow, blue, and red. And then I did very minimal origami. But the art piece itself was just very simple, and it spoke massive, I don't know. Serial killer? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Not quite, not quite. Do you get any paper cuts? Yeah, serious multiple paper cuts. But <laughs> I actually was able to sell it to a single mother in Linden Hills, and she contacted me three months after I hung it at this coffee shop. She said she had to hunt me down and figure out who made it. And she said, I thought about it two months afterwards, and I knew I had to have it. Really? So it was very Less difficult mark. for me to part with. But How, how long ago was this? Uh, four years ago. Oh, so you're like four years in, like as, as an actual artist. Five. Five years as an established artist? Yeah. But the first year is stuff that you just didn't like. <laughs> I would say everything. I didn't become an official LLC until 2018. Okay. Yeah. So but you were creating yeah. the, the, the work. Prior to that. Yes. That's awesome. Wow. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, 
I want to see the Dexter murder origami piece. I will pull it up if you two are ready. <gasps> oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's probably not as, as as gory and as crazy, but... We'll be the judge of that. And this is where I say something like, and we'll put this up on the drink in the stock. Uh, <laughs> it never happens. And then, <laughs> and then the second piece that I created that I felt like I really... Try, that I, I did really well was something inspired by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Because I love Quentin Tarantino movies. They're mm. very gory and intense, but there is a fluidity and a finesse to it. I love it. To this day, I describe myself as, and I'll quote. Oh, a, no, I see murder. You see Dexter? I see murder. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a freaking crime That's scene. <laughs> I see murder. Hey, God, go, zoom, in, zoom in on the uh, the Facebook oh camera. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, murder. Yeah, I, I see it. I mean, That's great. That's great. But yeah, it's still very feminine and very serene. Yeah, it looks like you killed a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. No, totally get it. I wow. I'm scared of you now. But the <laughs> I was scared of her the moment am, she sat down. Actually. I am harmless. I'm five foot two and harmless. My detector determines that is a lie. Yeah. By the way, speaking of paper cuts, is that a legitimate like job risk? Do you carry insurance for that or anything? No, I actually do have business insurance for my nonprofit for when I am hosting the uh, pop-ups. But oh. honestly, the worst like injury I've ever had making origami pieces was a hot glue gun burn that the, it dripped from the tip of the glue gun down to my leg because I was in shorts. Hmm. And it looks like a little crappy croissant. Next to my knee. Ooh. Yeah. And that's a, a permanent cro- a croissant yeah. scar. It looks like it's intentional, and it's like, no, it's not, buddy. It's from <laughs> a glue gun. Sorry. Yeah. This has been fun. Oh, my God, folks. We have trunk our way through another episode with Jade Wynn. Jade, you've been a delight. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you for having me. Dan, hi. that's all I can say. Samesies. Before I forget, let us do a final quote. It's from origami enthusiast Feist. Ready? Instead of looking back, whiplash style, I can assume there's something else coming. Time folds over itself like origami. Good night, everybody.